We are so glad to have you here with us. Uh, today, we're going to talk about health. Uh, we're going to talk about fitness. We're going to talk about eating. We're going to talk about all these things that all of us, I think, are very mindful of. And uh, to join me today, we've got our Lakeland campus pastor, Luke Spencer. Hello. Uh, he's been on this journey for um, a minute now, and it's something that both of us are very passionate about. And so we're going to talk about this. Um, I went on this journey for myself um, when I turned 30 years old. Uh, I made a decision there to get in a little bit better shape. And over the course from, from 30 to now, I'm 39, headed into my 40th year. Um, I've lost right at about 80 pounds. I'm, I feel healthier. I still am not exactly where I want to be. I'm on a journey to get there, but thank God I'm not where I was. And I feel better. I feel healthy. I feel strong. I feel ready to enter in 40. Uh, I feel better at 40 than I did at 30. I want to talk a little about, about some of those things that I found in that process. And then, Luke, you've been on a journey as well. I think yours fell yeah. off a lot quicker than mine. It didn't take a decade. Um, but um, why yeah. don't you kind of talk about that? <clears throat> well, I, I grew up, you know, um, just not worrying about weight, not thinking about any of that kind of stuff and playing football. And I was always a bigger guy. And so I'm 6'2". And so I guess I kind of carried it well. I guess yeah. that's what people say. Yeah. But that's kind of dangerous, too, you know. <laughs> But um, but I never really was uncomfortable or noticed anything wrong or noticed that where I needed to make a change until um, I was probably I want to say I was right at 40 as well. I'm 43 now. So at 40, um, I went to the doctor and um, was having some like dizziness and like some pain just in my chest. And I'm like, oh, I don't know. Let me go check just to see. So I went to a heart doctor and he's like, yeah, your blood pressure's through the roof. We're going to put you on blood pressure medicine. And I was kind of like, wow. Never would have thought that, you know, I just don't know. And, and, and so I just uh, got on the medicine and I was thinking about it this morning. I remember a phrase uh, someone told me and it was some, it was the doctor I was seeing. And they said, um, I asked them, I said, how, how do I not have to take this medicine? <laughs> you know, like you're giving me this medicine right. now, you're telling me I got to take this and that's fine. I'll do that. But I'm like, how, how do I get off of it? Like, what's the, what's my plan? You know, I'm thinking like, yeah, this is not forever. And they just looked at me and they were like, you'll never get off this. This is just something you do for the rest of your life. Mm. Just get used to it. And I was like, OK, it just kind of caught me off guard. And I kind of took it as a personal challenge, you know, just sure. from the inside. I didn't want to argue with them. <laughs> kind of did. But <laughs> but I was like, mm, man, that's not good. You right. know, and it just kind of gave me a, a thought of like, oh, man, this is where most people live. And, and like, this is how. You get like uh, in a rut, so to speak. And so um, I immediately made changes. I was very drastic immediately. You know, I'm like, oh, I'm not going to do this. No more salt, no more sugar, you know, all the stuff that I thought I knew. And it lasted for about a week, <laughs> you know, and then I got I think we've mad. we've all been there. Yeah, yeah exactly. I got mad and frustrated and then um, went from, from that to kind of almost even in worse, you mm -hmm. know, because now I'm having to check my blood pressure. Uh, at home, <clears throat> and I'm noticing that at taking this medicine, um, I can eat what I want mm. and still have good blood pressure mm. if I take the medicine. Mm. And so I just saw a trap. I saw danger, mm. and um, but still wasn't making any differences, and was still very uncomfortable, very overweight. And um, I was about 300 pounds, 290, 295. Um, 
very uncomfortable. It's still working out at times and, you know, doing all the, some of the things you think are going to work, but, but eating whatever I wanted to. Uh, I also had a, what I didn't understand or realize was a food addiction uh, at the time, which nobody wants to call it a food addiction, but really that's what it was for me. Um, I would, you know, Kelly and I would order Amerigos uh, uh, to go. And so I'd go pick up Amerigo, but on the way I might pass a Wendy's and I'd stop and get a number 12. <laughs> <laughs> whatever it was and I would smash the number 12 on the way home and then get home and eat the Amerigos right. that we had picked up and, and I wouldn't say anything about it um because of shame you yeah. know and guilt and um not because she was going to be mad at me but right. just because I was ashamed of like golly you know it's embarrassing you get an extra large strawberry lemonade and you know whatever but uh, I didn't see that as addiction you know I just mm. saw it as whatever I'm just whatever we'll do what I want to do and so uh, fast forward, uh, went back to the heart doctor and he said, you also need to be on cholesterol medicine. Your cholesterol is through the roof. And I'm like, oh gosh, this is getting worse, you know? And so started getting my attention. And then, uh, I got COVID and when I got COVID, it was, it was really bad. And, uh, I lost 20 pounds really fast just because I didn't eat anything, <laughs> you know, sick. Yeah. I'm yeah. sick. And so through that whole process, it brought a lot of stuff to light yeah. that I was dealing with. Um, and once I recovered from COVID, I had lost 20 pounds and it kind of felt good. I was looking at the positive out of it. I'm like, well, 20 pounds lighter, you know, that's a plus. Let's use it as a Kickstarter. Yeah. And I kind of did. Um, but then I, I realized um, uh, real fast I had some other issues going on. Um, I was probably around 280 at that point, uh, somewhere in there. And started having some other symptoms in my body and um, just was trying to ignore it, but I just couldn't ignore it anymore. was on vacation. Um, and without going into too much detail, I was having to go to the bathroom quite a bit, you know, and just was like, whoa, this is not right. And so just the warnings and the signals. Um, so I got home, went to the doctor and he said, I'll never forget. I was sitting in the office and he noticed I had to go to the bathroom three times while I was waiting on him to come and see me in the office. And he said, um, I, I think something's going on for sure. And I'm like, well, you hadn't even seen me. You hadn't even talked to me. And he said, yeah, but I paid attention. Good doctor. Yeah. And uh, he said, let's do some blood work. And he said, I'll be right back. So 30 minutes later, he came back and he said, first of all, your blood sugar is 512. <clears throat> and I didn't know what that meant. I said, okay. I had no idea, you know, he said, well, a good blood sugar. I think he said it was around 80 or 90, a hundred is good. You know, it's better. And I'm like, he said, you're like, you know, six, 700, I think is like a coma level. You can slip into a coma and not even realize it. And he said, I could put you in the hospital right now. He said, but, um, he said, I can tell by the look on your face, you're scared and you're going to probably do what I tell you to do. <laughs> and so he's like, take these medicine, medicine, you know, uh, blood sugar to, to help get that lower. You're going to have to buy a machine to start breaking your finger and just all this stuff. And I honestly, I was scared, truly scared. Um, that was uh, November the 5th um, and 2001. And I was like that, that, that was a Friday. I had to go do a rehearsal dinner for a wedding that I was supposed to do the next day. So I drove from here all the way to Philadelphia, Mississippi. I couldn't see because my sight was being affected by my blood sugar with or without my glasses should not have been driving, but pride, you know, I'm like, no, I'm going to push through, you know, I'm going to make it happen. 
And so I did, drove all the way to Philadelphia, Mississippi, and did the rehearsal dinner, didn't tell anybody what was going on. Kelly knew, but that was it. And then um, drove home, still kind of scared to death, you know, just like, I don't know what to do. I don't even know where to start. I know I'm taking this medicine and checking my blood sugar with the thing, but, but I didn't know what else to do as far as diet, exercise. I was just confused, kind of at a loss, overwhelmed. Well, I went back the next day to do the wedding, and I'll never forget the couple was coming down the aisle, and I, I literally couldn't tell who they were. That's how much I couldn't see them, you know, and still hadn't told anybody. And this is kind of where it turned for me is at the reception, um, everybody was dancing, having a good time. And I'm over there talking and it was some uh, people I knew from the church. And, and there was a gentleman that I know pretty well. And the Lord said, you need to go tell him what's going on. And I was like, what? You know, he's not going to be interested in what's going on in my personal life like that. You know, he said, no, you need to go talk to him. You need to tell him what's going on. So I sucked my pride up and went over there and, and I said, hey, um, can I tell you something that's going on in my life? And he's like, yeah, for sure. Amazing guy. And I know him. We're not like close friends, but I, I do know him. And uh, I told him everything that I've been through the last that day, the day before with the doctor, blood sugar, all that stuff. And he had been through something similar with his blood sugar. And so he was encouraging me. Right. And he just stopped in mid-conversation. He just looked at me and he asked me a question that was very specific. And he said, what do you want? <laughs> I just laughed and I said, that's what I ask everybody else. Like I ask, if you come to me for prayer, I'm going to ask you, what do you want? Like, give me a starting point. You have to know what you want. What do you want from God? You know, what do you want God to do in your life? And, and I was like, you know what? I don't know what I want. I don't even know what I need at this point. I'm just scared, frustrated. And I said, but give me a minute because I know what to do. I know who to ask, um, but I just hadn't asked yet. And so by him asking me, what do you want? I said, give me a minute. So I walked over by myself and uh, I just literally asked the Holy Spirit. I said, what do I need? Like this man's wanting to pray for me. I know this is a God thing. I know you set this up, but I don't even know what to tell him to pray for. I don't, I'm just like confused. And I, I felt like I clearly heard just on the inside, not audible, but on the inside, the Holy Spirit say, you need a revelation of health. You need to understand me as your health, not just your healer, but your health, your everyday health. Mm. And it was like, I didn't ask any more questions because I knew I'm like, that's what I need. I asked, got an immediate answer in my heart. I went back to my friend and I said, I need a revelation of health. He just looked at me and said, got it. He didn't pray for me on the spot. He didn't, you know, we didn't pray anymore, but he's like, done. And he's, and I knew from that moment on, he was going to pray for me to have a revelation of health. And so that was, that was the moment, you know, that was that pivotal moment for me that I keep going back to. I keep going back to the Lord keeps reminding me of uh, through this whole journey as a revelation of health. And when he said it, the Lord reminded me of Ephesians 1, where it says, Paul's praying, Lord, give him a spirit of wisdom and revelation of knowledge of who you are. And the Lord said, you pray that all the time. But he said, who am I to you? Am I health? Because really that he is our health. Yes. You know, and I was like, wow, I've never thought about that. Of, of like knowing you, a revelation of who you are as my health mm. and everything that he is. And I'm like, I got that. It's so neat how God will meet you right where you're at. He knows yes. my favorite verses. He yes. knows my favorite uh, uh, of his words in my mm -hmm. life. And he's like, oh, I'll use that. That's where you're at. Like that. <laughs> so, um, anyway, uh, I remember driving home that night, and I was so excited because I'm like, okay, 
we got to, this is the start, you know, I got uh-huh. a starting place. Somebody's going to pray for me and, and, and get an agreement with me. And I remember being hungry because I didn't eat. I'm like, I'm just not going to eat anything because I don't know what to eat, you know. But I remember passing a McDonald's and I'm like, it was the only thing going out of Philadelphia, Mississippi at 10 o'clock at night. And I couldn't see. And it was just, yeah, not a good ride home. <laughs> I go to McDonald's and I'm like, I'll get fries and a Diet Coke, <laughs> you know, because fries is a vegetable. <laughs> and Diet Coke doesn't and have Diet sugar. Coke doesn't have sugar. <laughs> Little did I know. <laughs> Both things were like the worst thing I could have put in my body or whatever. So, but that, that tells you where I was. Yeah. Knowledge wise. Yeah. And revelation of health. Mm. I just didn't have, I didn't understand health. I didn't know what it was from God's perspective. And so <clears throat> I remember getting home and finally, and, um, you know, just starting this whole journey now of something different, something switched on the inside. It was just different. Um, and, you know, kept going to the doctor once a month at that time and uh, getting my blood sugar checked. But I, um, I asked the Lord too. I said, I, I, I still need help. I need to know now. I know I need a revelation of health, but like, what do I eat? That's good. What do I not eat? Just practical steps. I like it. One of the things I, I think it's so important for us to understand. First off, let me say, this is exactly uh, what we're talking about. This has nothing to do with cosmetics. Uh, the world will make everything about cosmetics mm-hmm. or what you weigh on a scale or those types of things. This is about being healthy and strong. Like this is about coming to this place where our bodies have the energy, the life, the vitality that they need to run their race mm-hmm. and to finish their course. Like God has a call for us, but I can't do that if I'm not healthy. Mm-hmm. And I can't do that if I'm that strong. Like I I need that strength. I need clarity of mind. And, you know, I I want to not just live long. Mm -hmm. I want to live while I'm alive and and have the vitality and strength to do that. Um, And for me, like as a pastor and someone who's preached for a number of years, I'm hearing so many things in your story and that are similar to mine. Mm -hmm is change in all of our lives, whether you're wanting to change financially or something to change in your health, kind of follows this track. Um, number one, there's a mental awareness, a dissatisfaction that disrupts your, your conscious. Uh, it's like a mental uh, acceptance and awareness, I need to change. And it's, it's just coming to this knowledge of like, I should eat less sugar or I've got to, I've got to find a path to health Mm -hmm. or these pants sure are tight Uh, or, you know, just a a mental awareness that something needs to change. My father had that. My father passed away at 44 of a heart attack. I saw him that morning for breakfast. Um, I never can remember my father being sick ever. Mm -hmm. Genuinely. Wow. In 17 years, I can't ever remember my father being sick. But my father always had the first beginning step to change, the mental awareness that something needs to change. Mm -hmm. So I can remember him. He would literally come and sit uh, us down, sit me down as a son and say, like, let's let's go for walks. Hold me accountable. Mm -hmm. We're going to walk around. At that time, we lived in Clinton, Mississippi. There's a college there called Mississippi College. And there's a track. He's like, we can walk around the track. And so we'd go and we'd walk around the track. And that lasts for about two weeks. Mm-hmm. And then we'd be back inside. And then we bought a treadmill uh, to go in the bedroom where you could walk more like then. Because like you have excuses, right? Yeah. Why you can't walk around MC? It's cold or it's raining or, you know, yeah. you're running into people and people Think want counseling. You're like, you yeah. <laughs> those types of things. So we got the treadmill 
and he'd walk on the treadmill. My mom would kind of check on him. And, you know, if you go into the church, you probably heard me tell the story before, but he used to pay me to come and lock his miles on the oh treadmill. My so my mom would like go to Walmart and he'd like, come, come, like log the miles. And so I'd log the miles, you know, get going as fast as I can, you know, that kind of thing. And then we'd hear the garage open. I'd run upstairs. My dad would get on the treadmill, pour some water on his head, you know, act like he'd been doing the work because he knew um, in his life, this mental awareness. And I think too, for us who are Christians, the spiritual awareness that kind of comes in our heart, like conviction of like, I need to modify this. Yeah. And, and, you know, this comes for people in all, all shapes and sizes. This is not about being 300 pounds yeah. or 280 pounds. Like there are people who are in great shape, but there's an awareness that comes up in our heart of like, or even in our minds that like, I don't need to eat this way, or I need to like make an adjustment in this or that. And so that's the beginning place for change. But my father never made the change and it cost him, it, it hurt him. And I've met many people who are mentally aware that they need to make the change. In the book of Proverbs, it talks about different kinds of people. You have the wise, the foolish, the scorner, and the yeah. simple. The simple, they just don't know. Uh, like they should know, but they just don't know. They're simple. Yeah. Uh, and, uh, you know, an example would be that there's a lion in the street. They don't know a lion's dangerous or simple. It's like, yeah, it's a big furry cat. I'll go pet him. And then they get eaten because they're simple uh, and that type of thing. Uh, so, but then you have the foolish. The fool knows a lion's dangerous, but they play with it anyway. And they, they know that this is bad, um, but I, I'm going to mess with it anyway. And they mess with the lion and they get eaten. The scorner will look at it, knows the lion's dangerous, but mock people who are afraid of it. Mm. And they they stay there and playing with the lion. And they know, like, I, sh I should get out of the street. Like, there's a lion in the street. I should get out of the street. But like, psh, yeah. forget this. Who, who decides what's dangerous anyway? And they get eaten. <laughs> the wise, though, they know what to do and they do it. And in the wise all throughout the book of Proverbs are those who are blessed, it's those who see progress. But the, the next level after this awareness is like, okay, I know. And then once I know I need to make the change, you have the choice. You're not simple anymore, you know. You have the choice to be a fool, a scorner, or wise. And what we want to do is help people make that decision to be wise. And that involves going from step one to step two. Um, after mental awareness is emotional mastery. And at the level of emotional mastery, it is something happens in life that allows us to still live mm. that disrupts me enough emotionally of like, not only do I know I need to change, I know I need to change. And I have emotions running through me right now that if I don't change, something's going to be bad. I can't see at a rehearsal dinner. Yeah. <laughs> uh, I'm sitting in a doctor's office and they're telling me I could go into a coma if this gets any higher. Um, I, I'm having, which is one of the things, and I'll just say this for those who are on a health journey. One of the things my father knew he needed to do, but never did was go see a doctor. Hmm. He knew to, and I can remember my mom telling him to, and he never would make that decision. And, and out of that, um, I would say, if you're feeling like you do need to make a change or something like that, contact someone who's smarter than you about your body and begin having honest conversations. Um, but that those moments in a doctor's office, rehearsal dinner, COVID, mm -hmm. 
you know, feeling like, am I going to have to take medicine for the rest of my life? All of those are emotional moments Mm -hmm. that actually can serve to our advantage because it's our body's way and really the spirit's way of telling us like alarm signals going off in us that not only should I, uh, you know, eat healthier or make a change or exercise or whatever it may be, but I must. Mm -hmm. And at the level of emotional mastery, my shoulds become must. And I can remember in my own life, it was the same thing. Um, I was about 300 pounds. I go into a doctor's office. I'm about to turn 30. And I walk in and the doctor's like looking at my blood. I step on the scale. It's the first time I stepped on a scale in a long time. And I, I looked down like, whoa. Like I can remember on purpose trying not to see myself in pictures or not wanting pictures be taken of me. <laughs> and that kind of thing. I'm like, what in the world? And so he's running my blood and all these types of things. And after he gets all that, he he tells me, he says, man, you must have good genes. Because mm. he said, I'm looking at some of these things and your blood shouldn't be looking this good. And as soon as he said that, I knew in my spirit, a knowing, an awareness. Mm. So step one, an awareness happens um, where I really felt like the spirit was leading me of like, up till now, I've been merciful. But if you keep trying to throw yourself off this cliff, mm. Don't come to God and ask for his angels to pick you up. Like, don't test the Lord. Mm. And that's what you've been doing with the way you've been living and the way you've been acting. And right after that, we had a guy who's both in our lives <laughs> who kind of helped us physically. I uh, came and found me. He's like, if you're serious about this, meet me tomorrow morning. And that was an emotional moment because this yeah. was a big guy. He starts shaking me, you know, all these kinds of <laughs> things. Yeah. And so I met him um, and he did this workout program and I met him at the workout program. My life began to, to change. Um, but I had several emotional moments like that of like stepping on a scale. And I had an emotional moment. Me and my wife are Red Sox fans. We went to Fenway Park. Fenway Park is like super old. It's one of the oldest ballparks in America. You must go see it, though. Uh, it is. It's just, I don't know. It's it, you, you feel good in Fenway. Yes, yeah. you feel good in Fenway. <laughs> Um, until you sit down uh, because the seats are like old, old. So they haven't, they haven't retrofitted it for, you know, today's American. <laughs> They're still thinking about us in like 1916. Uh, and so I sat down in the seat and I couldn't fit. And the shame, like you said, because I would do some of those same things. I would go, um, you know, pick up something for the family and I'd actually stop and get something to eat before mm-hmm. I got what we were going to eat and eat it. Would never tell anybody because of the shame. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, same types of things. It's amazing how shame kind of drives a lot of that. Yeah. But out of that, um, that was an emotional moment of like sitting down and being next to my wife and realizing like, I can't fit in this seat. Mm-hmm. And... Like, I never will forget that moment, the shame that I felt as well. And knowing like, you know, on on an emotional level. So skipping just past this awareness of like, I need to change or I should eat healthy. But like an emotional moment where it's like shoulds are turning into must. Mm -hmm. And so I came home. I'm like, not only I'm going to do Paul's, but I ordered like one of those online food programs. It's like, here's what you're going to eat for the next Mm -hmm. four weeks. And I did that. I start losing weight. And my goal was to kind of lose it slowly and to make sure that I didn't gain it back once I did. And by God's grace, I've been able to do that. But then I stagnated. But anyway, we'll get into that in a minute. But what would you say as we kind of close out this episode? Because the third level is physical mastery. So it's like once I get to that place where like my shoulds turn into must, 
I'm, I move past mental awareness and over into like, I must do this. Yeah. From there, I need a strategy. And that's what I want to talk about is some of those things in the, the next episode, some of those things that, that we do. Mm-hmm. But what would you say to people who are at that, that stage of, they have a mental awareness of like, man, I shouldn't be on this medication. Yeah. I shouldn't have to depend on this. Or man, like, I know I need to eat healthier. I know I need to start you know, confronting this issue in my life for health and for longevity. How do I move without pain? Like without, like my, my father was the pain of a heart attack, mm. you know, that type of thing. I don't want people to get there, mm-hmm. but what would you say to people who are like, not quite at that emotional threshold where it's like, I'm doing something. Yeah. But to get to that level of moving from mental awareness to emotional mastery of like this must change in my life. I think two things come to mind. Um, The first is what I was already saying about just understanding that like the Lord told me, he's like, you know, you know, this verse, you know, this scripture about you being the temple of the Holy Spirit and taking care of your body um, because it's a gift, you know. But if you're going to do what God's called you to do the best you can do it, yes, you need to be healthy. Yes. Like you need to feel good. Like God wants you to feel good while you're doing it. He didn't want you to like have to struggle through this. You know, no, he wants you healthy. He wants you to shine, you know, and represent him well. Yes. Um, and there's no like shame or guilt with that. But um, but if you're not doing it, that's where the enemy tries to hit you. Again. Yes. Um, the second thing is what he showed me was the word vanity. <laughs> how dangerous um, it is if you do it for vanity. Mm. And I know we can get, we'll get into that in some other episodes, but like for me, he was saying like, if you do it for vanity, I can't bless it. That's good Luke, because it's all about you. Yes. It's right. Yes. It's not about people looking at me and being like, Oh, impressed. Cause it, it drives pride. Yeah. Uh, which is the exact kind of thing God wants out of us. Mm-hmm. And, and I think that that's one of the things the church has to redeem. Mm-hmm. It's like, this is not about how you look. No. This is about how you feel. And do you have the energy and the health to run your race mm-hmm. and finish your course? The way you look and the way I feel now is a byproduct of me just honoring God. Yes. And really, that's, that's good. Life. Say that again. The way, the way you look and the way you feel is a byproduct of what? Of honoring God. Just honoring what I know he wants me to do. And what I put in my body Mm -hmm. and how I use my body, I'm going to honor God with that. And making a decision to see, like, if I'm not, I am dishonoring him because my body is his temple. Mm -hmm. Yeah. The whole vanity thing just blew my mind when he told me. He was like, you know, dieting and doing all these things. He's like, most of that is all about you and all it's self, Mm -hmm. self, selfishness. But but he was saying it's it's all geared to like you looking better for what to look better so people can see you different. Who's that about? You yeah. know, and I'm like, OK, Lord, I get it. <laughs> see what you're doing here. But he said, if you'll do it for me, I'll give you all of that and protect you and sustain it. Yeah. That's what he said. I, I can't sustain vanity. in your mm. life. But he said, if you'll do it not for vanity, but for health, then I'll, I'll be able to sustain that. And, and walk with you through this journey and you won't go back like you've done before. You know? yeah. I'm like, ah, thank you, Lord. I love it. I love <laughs> it. Would you close us out with just praying for people who may be on this journey of like wanting to ha- take their health deeper, 
coming to that place of like, I'm done thinking about it. I'm not going to be a fool any longer. I'm going to be wise. Mm-hmm. Would, would you pray over people who are on that journey that God just graces them and that they have a revelation of health yeah. the same way uh, you yes, had a revelation? Absolutely. Father, we just thank you. Um, I believe, you know, you're not a respecter of persons. And if you give me a revelation of health, I believe you'll give it to those who desire it as well. Uh, and I feel like there's people watching now, right now, that have that hunger and that desire um, to want to do this your way, not their way, but your way, uh, the way of honor, not vanity. Um, and so, Father, I just thank you, Lord, for giving each person who's desiring that and wanting that right now, needing that, but just a revelation of health, um, or not, not a diet, <laughs> uh, but a, a revelation of you as their health, because that is your nature, it's your character. Uh, and you really just want us to know you as that. Uh, and then I believe our lives and everyone's life who receives this and who takes it um, would just be, their life would be a byproduct of knowing you as health, uh, feeling better, looking better, uh, sounding better, uh, being more effective. Those are byproducts of just knowing you more. And so, Father, we thank you, Lord God, for giving each person that revelation of health in Jesus' name. Amen. 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 Well, thank you for joining us. Um, check out the next podcast or video cast. Um, we're going to talk about the third step, which is physical mastery of like once I have now that emotional mastery of like I must make a change. Because no change will be made until you get to that place. I must, not I should, I must. How do I make a change? Like what are practical steps that I can take to begin this journey of health? We'll talk about that in our next session. Until then, be blessed and we'll see you next time.